Hey there, lucky listeners. It's another episode of The Partial Historians. Join us as we talk about the history of ancient Romans, tracing it from the founding of the city all the way into the distant, distant future. I am Dr. Radness. And I am your elegant co-host, Dr. Greenfield. I feel Welcome. like that was a comment <laughs> <laughs> on my <laughs> demeanor in some way. I, you know, I usually just introduce myself in a really low key no, way, so I was just trying to like, you know, do something different. Again, there's subtext. <laughs> there's subtext there somewhere. <laughs> but it is a delight to see you again because you are, of course, refined, elegant, breathtaking. Like yourself. <laughs> a whirlwind. Like a, a gorgeous yeah. whirlwind. <laughs> We've been having um, some sound issues, guys, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to compose ourselves. Yeah. Um, we've just spent the last uh, maybe two hours trying to figure out how we would even record these episodes, having left the comforts of our houses. Indeed, um, yes. We're in a library. <laughs> having retreated to a library of <laughs> all places. Can you imagine us surrounded by books? Such is our dedication that we would leave the confines of our apartments and go and find a recording space elsewhere. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, if the acoustics don't sound quite right, yes. um, we're not in our comfort zone right Bear now. Bear with us, yes. <laughs> Do you know what? I feel like this is perhaps a good mood to start the podcast in because ancient Rome itself, at this point in time, is not resting easy, is it, Dr. G? It is not in its comfort zone right now. No. Look, somebody just got killed. Yeah, and perhaps in a... Well, actually, either way you look at it, it's a violent end. <laughs> Spurious Cassius, oh, that troublesome rogue... He's either been beaten to death with rods, <laughs> perhaps with the involvement Ouch. of his father, or thrown from the Tarpeian Rock. Neither of which is a good sign, guys. No. The last one is not as fun as Warner Brothers cartoons. Wouldn't have you believe. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, so we're picking up now our narrative yes. of from the point of death of Spurius Cassius. Yep. However he did die, whether it's being thrown from the rock or being hit to death by his own father yep. um, or the orders dead. of others, he, yep. is, he is quite dead. But are the issues oh, that the brought issues. him to this end, are uh, they over? Are they dead? They no. are certainly not. <laughs> and boy, are we just getting started with oh, the conflict yes. between the plebeians and the patricians. Damn straight. <laughs> so tell me, what's Dionysius got to tell us these days? Because usually it's a whole lot more than Livy. <laughs> so many things, so many things. <laughs> So, to, to place us back in the context of where we are, yeah. we're in around about um, 485 or 483 BCE. Hmm. And no, 484? What's happening? Well, you, even you know, there's a, there's a, there's <laughs> a two-year discrepancy where people agree on the dates or not agree. <laughs> anyway, so I give you both so yes. you can choose the one you prefer. Indeed. Um, we're in the consulship of Quintus Fabius Vibulanus mm. and Servius Cornelius Magulinensis. Jesus. Yeah, well, these are these are the guys who were consuls un- while Spurius Cassius exactly. being put to death. Yes, but some yes. other stuff now happens. Yeah. Um, Cassius being out of the way. Indeed. As it were. Yeah. Um, they now move on to not carrying out the decrees of the Senate. Ooh. Yeah, they decide to not go about allotting the land, uh, the public oh, land. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. this is this is essentially what I mean. I dare say that the whole Cassius issue, as you probably would have guessed if you listened to our previous um, episode, it wasn't just about the land. <laughs> it was also about who's more popular, how they're getting that popularity, etc. It's never just about the land. No, it's it? really about the power. Um, 
But the land was the excuse. And, and, and there definitely were feelings about the land as well, but I, I think that was partly an excuse with the whole, with Cassius personally. But the land is still an issue. Yeah, and I think, I mean, both sides feel quite strongly about the land, obviously for different reasons. And Yeah, so we're talking about the, the, that age-old divide now, that classic trope that we're going on and on about. The divide between the patricians and the plebeians as they battle it out over who's going to have the land. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, and the patricians are obviously in the um, best position because they have most of the land. Yeah. So they're quite excited. they're like, you know, wealthy and powerful, you know. Yeah, and if there's anything that we know that an aristocracy enjoys, it's retaining power for themselves. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> heaven forfend that the plebeians should stand up and, and say... And reminding themselves that they are pretty special because <laughs> the plebeians are suffering over in the <laughs> Guys, we got the land and we're special. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the plebeians are like, I'd really just like to have some land, please. Because then I could get, you know, food. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, but it's becoming an increasing issue. So um, Fabius and Cornelius, these consuls, yes. have decided that it's not their duty to carry out this degree of reallotment of yes. the public land. Yeah. Um, it's actually their position to appoint the decimvirs, the, the group of ten, Ooh. who was going to set up the boundaries and stuff like this. Interesting. Um, and to see who, what should be distributed and whom it should be distributed to. And this is the first time we've seen like this whole idea of a you know, special ten men who are going to be set up to carry yeah. out. They're like, so they're like, our job is to appoint some bureaucrats who will look <laughs> tape, further tape, into this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially. And they continue to have meetings because there's obviously um, uh, turbulence, not just in the city, but also in the broader area. Rome doesn't have many friends right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. When uh, is it ever? <laughs> yeah. And, and there seems to be this really prevalent um, understanding from the patrician perspective that more foreign wars are a good way to divert the, ple- the plebeians from this issue of land Classic strategy of distraction. And it's proved very successful in the past, let's be honest. Yeah, except, of course, the poor don't come forward to enlist. Ah, power play. I like <laughs> <Yeah>. it. They <laughs> were like, um, like, why would we? Yeah. Uh, and... The consuls uh, are sort of not able to make people comply yeah. in this sense. and They are but two men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so who's the enemy that they're, that they're thinking of sending them against? Um, they're interested mostly in the Volsci, yeah. um, but also the Etruscans at this point as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm wondering, I see it's always a bit hard sometimes to make our accounts fit together. Hmm. <laughs> they're not peas in a pot all the time. My account does mention... Um, a particular campaign against um, the Volskians and the Aquians, actually. So I'm yes. not sure if it's the same. Is oh, that the same? Yeah, yeah there's, yeah. there's some of that coming up. I mean, okay. And the trouble, I think, from for our source perspective yes. is that you and I are reading things where Dionysius of Halicarnassus is going into lots and lots of detail. Yes. And Livy, at the moment, is fairly sparse. He and is actually... the cliff note <laughs> of his own country's <laughs> history. Uh, oh, the summary of the story. Yeah, that's right. And... And unfortunately, I mean, for the next, I mean, for me, for the next sort of 20 pages, I have various <laughs> incursions against the Volsci, right, the okay. Aquians, the Etruscans, and they're all, it's one after the other, successively, this ongoing back yeah, and yeah, forward, yeah. and I'm not sure whether my example coming up is going to be in any way representative of the, the one that you have what, coming. The one example that the I'm one that you're going, I know something. Guys, <laughs> they're not happy. Okay, well, I guess all I can contribute at this point in time in that case is that um, Livy notes that the plebeian anger, which had been aroused against Cassius, didn't last long. 
yeah, well, I mean, the consuls apparently start to peddle this idea that perhaps Appius Claudius would have to be made dictator oh, to overcome the difficulty of this situation if the plebeians are unwilling to enlist themselves and volunteer. Yeah, well, I think I think as far as I can tell, Livy is telling Livy is recording that. The plebeians quickly realise once Cassius is dead, as they tend to do, they tend to work themselves up into a frenzy and then it very quickly peters out. (laughs) And they realise, ooh, that probably wasn't the smartest move to make. Um, And they start going, they start going after this whole agrarian law again, as in, you know, we really do want that, even though we don't want Cassius. So what say you, patricians? And the patricians are like, (laughs) how about Noski? Yeah. Um, yes. So, I mean, we end up in this situation where the patricians are like, how about some wars? And the plebeians, like, really don't want to because they're not happy with you right now because you're not looking after us. Yes. And they're like, we will send the guy that hates you most and put him in as dictator. How about that? And everyone's like, okay, <laughs> I'm enlisting. I'm enlisting. Yeah. I'm signing up for the army. If I do it one more time, hopefully we'll get it through. I wonder if Appius Claudius ever got tired of playing the bad guy. I don't, I don't think so. I think he really relished it. And so we get to this point where the armies have been enrolled. Yep. Everybody's signed up. Woo, we've got all the numbers. Yep. Um, the consuls uh, take command and lead out against the foes. Woo-hoo! Woo! <laughs> um, so Servius Cornelius goes to invade the territory of Vey. Okay. So Etruscan area. Yep. Um, and, you know, goes and collects all the booty and stuff. Yep. Um, and so forth and so on. And, I mean, it's, it's becoming... I, mean, I could yes. go into more detail, no. but I feel like, you know, we, we, yeah, at, yeah, yeah, at this yeah. point, we just need to... The Romans won, they get some booty. <laughs> you know, they, they come to yeah. a truce, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there's yeah. some booty, there's some prisoner exchange. Yeah. The usual. Yes. Um, Quintus Fabius, on the other hand, marches into the country of the Aquians. Yeah, yeah. So they're in sort of the northwest. Yep. Um, or the northeast, I think it might be, actually. Um, so heading over into the Apennines and, and then also sort of swings around to the Volscians towards the right. south okay. um, as well. And the Volscians are like, sure. And they just sort of retreat back a little bit and they let their <laughs> lands be plundered. <laughs> Always a good strategy with the Romans because then the Romans <laughs> get know. sick of it and they get bored quickly and they go home again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then they see the size of the Roman force. And right. even though Rome's managed to enroll themselves in army, maybe it's not, not quite as largest. large as yeah, usual. Okay, they're starting to feel a bit more confident in themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they're like, that's His Rome. isn't actually as big as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> they look at the Romans pondering their land. They're like, you know what? That army is smaller than last year's army. <laughs> uh, I reckon we can take them on. Yeah, and apparently they conceive of a contempt for the Romans. Well. Oh, yes. Oh, well, that is mm-hmm. daring. <laughs> and they set out from their territory at Antium yep. um, to go and rescue their lands. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this will be great. We'll just surprise the Romans. They're <laughs> not going to be ready for that one. I love it. <laughs> um, and they also decide that they're going to be quite... Um, they're going to try and be more sophisticated about this. Okay. So... They wait until they encounter the Roman army. And then they put on the high heels and whip out the clutch purse. <laughs> nice. And then, <laughs> I wish. <Yeah. laughs> but instead, what they do is they decide to uh, retreat once they're seen. Okay. Careful, careful. Being very coy. Yeah, let's retreat back. <laughs> Let me guess. They throw a careful glance over their shoulder, flip their hair. <laughs> they're like, Roman. <laughs> I see you. And we now haven't I'm seen each other for such a long time. And oh my, how you've changed. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Most of them go back to the city. And they're like, so, but a small group of them retreat. 
<laughs> I know, it sounds like ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I no. mean, this is Sorry, what no, Dionysus and Halicarnassus is telling me. This is classic, yeah. <laughs> a small group of them go uh-huh. up uh, to the top of the hill. And, and they like remain, there, remain there for the following night. And they're okay. like, you know, that's, that's chill here. Uh, <laughs> chill on the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so obviously the Romans are encouraged to, like, surround that hill entirely. So there's no way down. Yep. Um, and the consul's like, yes, let's, let's surround them. It'll be great. <laughs> and... The Volscians are compelled by hunger after a few days. Yeah. So clearly haven't Oh, wait, this is the Volscians, not the Aquins. Yeah, yeah, oh, right, yeah. Right, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yep. They're compelled by hunger to surrender. And oh. <laughs> I was going to lead know. to something more exciting. I know, but, you know, it's the Volscians just sort of playing around with some coy tactics, which I think are going to become important later on. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And, <laughs> and there's this interesting, just this one line offhand comment that the consul... Uh, after ordering the quaestors to sell the booty he had found, mm. um, brought the money back to the city. And I was like, oh, we have we have real quaestors now. Like, quaestors who do stuff with money now. Right, okay. Dionysia like, Palagnasus okay. has never mentioned these properly before, really. Because the last time we were talking about quaestors, I think we actually talked about them last time, mm. where we were discussing how they had a slightly different role because in Spurius Cassius's trial of Yeah, sorts, they're like specially appointed to investigate, quaestors. was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quaestor Parachidii. Yeah, um, yeah. Who have this jurisdiction over particular cases of killing. Yeah, and yeah. And they need to look into. Uh, which is a very different thing from what Quaestors usually do, which is basically uh, glorified accountants. Yeah. <laughs> so we're seeing more return to that idea of Quaestor as treasurer-ish. Yeah, person. like just slip it in there. Okay, that makes sense because in, in Livy I do have this mention that when the Romans set out against the Volsci and the Aquii, they triumphed them remarkably quickly in Livy's account, of course. There's no details <laughs> whatsoever. Um, the patricians take all of the booty and deposit it in the treasury. Mm, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and Hello, this, this is what really ticks off the plebeians. They are furious that all of the booty has gone to the treasury. Um, and that. Because then they're never going to see it cut, really. Yeah, exactly. Concern, yeah, that, that, like, sure. Exactly as you say. That, um, that the consul had. Yeah, basically, he basically sells off all the goods and then puts the money in the treasury. Like, and that's what, what gets them really worked up after slightly settling down. <laughs> Within, during the whole campaign. So I wonder if this is the same thing we're talking about. Yeah, I don't have any specific possibly. mention of the quaestors, but... Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's just talked about as the money is brought back to the city, which is interesting. Yeah. And I wonder if this is a method that the patricians might be deploying so they don't have to distribute it to the allies. Well, the fact that they seem to go through this process of selling it, then, like, like they sell the booty, sell it, then... Then port- they take the money. Yes, <laughs> and keep the money for mm. themselves in the treasury. Interesting. Mm, sly dealings, sly dealings, <laughs> What do you think they're up to? So you reckon that if they, if it was in the form, if it was some other form, that they'd have to give a cut to their allies, and therefore it might be like, I don't know, is this like some sort of anti? Well, it, I mean, either, <laughs> I, well, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, by selling the booty, yeah. well, one, who are they selling it to? Well, exactly. Who's buying I'm, the booty? This is what, this is my question because I'm like, you're pretty much at war all the time with the people around you or your allies. So who are you selling to? Yeah, um, unless they're selling the booty to the allies and then keeping the money. It. Yeah, or maybe they, I wonder if they're selling it like to each other, as in. Yeah, I got some cows here. You need some cows, Bill? Yeah, yeah, I do. But Thanks, Tom. 
<laughs> Even that's very weird. <laughs> it is. Mm. This is a very weird situation. Well, okay, we've got a yeah. mystery on our hands, we listeners. Do. Keep a look oh, out look. for the treasure. Yeah, I'm going to keep thinking about this one because I'm... Follow the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about afternoon. <laughs> Maybe we'll find some more evidence later on. Yeah. Um, in brackets, probably not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> certainly not in the things that I've read so far. But it is, it is interesting to note that the quest is going back to... Well, not back to, hmm. but they're going to that role again of the money guys. Yeah, yeah, well, these are different quaestors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they're not the yeah. quaestors, parakidiae. No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we've got this sort of formal mention of quaestors doing things. So I was yeah. like, ooh, it's exciting. There's a Cursus mm. Um So anyway, this leads me to the end of this year, pretty much. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, and the patricians realize that, you know, it's time for the election of the magistracies again. Yeah. We need some new consuls. Yeah. And obviously, the plebeians have been pretty annoyed. Yeah. Um, the are. whole Spurious Cassius thing is still very, I mean, it happened this year. Everybody's still annoyed. You know, I feel like pointing out to them, you know, you had something to do with that, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The, the plebeians sometimes, as they're represented in the patrician sources, <laughs> annoy me. And I think that's probably deliberate, but yeah. Yeah, look, as, yeah. Keep them calm. Keep them cool. Sorry, keep cool. Keep, <laughs> cool. keep cool. Keep yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so the patricians want to guard against um, fresh disturbances. Fair enough. Uh, from yes, the plebeians. Too, they don't want any more bribes. They don't want any more sort of like, you know... Uh, Allotments of land being proposed. Yes. That no one kind of say thing. the word agrarian. Yeah, I don't want to hear the word agrarian. <laughs> don't mention that. Or whatever the land. it is in Latin. I don't yeah. want to hear that. <laughs> and they don't want some guy who's a demagogue, a good public speaker who no. can rattle up the crowd no. um, to have the prestige no. of the consulship. They definitely do not. And so they're like, we need to have somebody in the position who at least appears to have some democratic sympathies. But is at heart. But is at one heart. Of <laughs> yeah. One of us. One <laughs> of us. Yeah. So um, they uh, have a look around and they're like, you know who could be really good for this? Let me guess. A different member of the Fabian family. Yes. Excellent. Even better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, let me see oh, if I can preempt you again. Yeah, do it. Was he maybe involved in the whole Spurious Cassius affair? He may have been. Am I wrong? So, yeah. you know, Caiso Fabius. Yes. Brother of Quintus, mm. current consul. Yes, yes. Um, is sort of set forth as set up by the patricians as like, you know, a go-to. Yes. I mean, he's democratic in nature. The plebeians have been swayed by him in the past. Yep. Presumably, he's a good catch. Yeah, because he was he was one of these Quaestor Parakidii types. He was when Furious Cassius was being investigated. Wasn't yes, he? yeah. Mm. So he has stepped up big time. <laughs> yes, he has. Look at this guy. <laughs> and then we have a guy called Lucius Aemilius. Now that is another out name. of nowhere. Yeah, this is another name that's going to become uber familiar. <laughs> the Aemilii, another clan to watch. For those of you keeping track at home. Yeah, this becomes a really important Gens. <laughs> Very much, yes. Um, yeah. But this is like the first time that yeah. we've sort of seen one of these. Look, it's going to have to happen eventually that some <laughs> new people sneak in because otherwise we've got what? Publicola, Fabii, Cornelii. <laughs> Who are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Lucius Aemilius, uh, we're not really sure like where he comes from necessarily. No, no, no. Um, he is given a bit of an ancestry, but again, out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, he's related to the Mamercus group. But Mamercus <laughs> okay. is just like this weird um, ancient Roman name, which everybody's like, meh. 
Do you know what it sounds like? It sounds m- murky. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> you I kill myself. <laughs> I'm glad you're yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> okay. And so yeah. these two put themselves forward for office. Yep. Um, the plebeians are, like, not happy. Um, they get together on the campus marshes yeah. in the Comitia, mm-hmm. as is their won't. Um, it is uh, the, the Comitia. Yeah, the Comitia Centuriata. Um, and they leave because they're like, this is not good. Uh, the plebeians leave. Yeah, the right. plebeians <laughs> leave. <laughs> they're just like, they're like, uh, no. <laughs> and, and they just kind of walk off. Um, they know their vote's not really going to count anyway. Yeah, and it, just a refresher for listeners at home, as much as I know you're all super keen on everything, uh, it has been a while since we talked about the Comitia Centuriata. I believe the last time we had an in-depth discussion, Dr. G, was way back in the monarchy. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Allow I- me to take you back <laughs> to the time of Servius Tullius, the fifth oh. king of Rome. Yeah. He was a pretty good guy, and he's renowned for helping to set up this Comitia... Centuriata, mm. which um, listeners might recall, was meant to seem equal, <laughs> but really that's, wasn't. That's the important part. Yeah. The appearance of equality. Yeah, everyone goes there to vote as part of their century, but Servius had set it up in such a way that every century gets a vote, but by the time the poorer people get to vote, they're all in the same century because it's all about how much money you have, how much tax you can contribute, how much you can afford to pay for fancy shiny armor and horses and whatnot. And basically the wealthier people formed particular centuries and by the time you get down to say the fourth century, then they pretty much know which way the vote's gonna go and that means that the wealthy people have voted first and the people further down the scale with their slingshots and what have you probably don't need to vote because they already know which way the majority is going. Yeah, so yeah. you have these situations where it's like each century represents like the same amount of monetary and property wealth. Exactly. Essentially. So yeah. this means that you've got really small centuries yes. in the beginning voting who are, super who are like wealthy, the yeah. super wealthy yeah. who are like, we're just one century. And yeah. It's like five guys over there. Why? <laughs> uh, and then as it, as, the, as it goes down, obviously the poorest of the poor are all like in the last century. Yeah, so there's heaps of people there's in There's heaps one. of people yeah. in that one and they're all very unsatisfied. Standing room only. They yeah. very rarely get to have a persuading vote because yeah. normally <laughs> normally as soon yeah. as you hit the halfway point yeah. you only need one more vote yeah exactly and, and everybody starts like all of your client patron relationships and all of your loyalties and stuff start to kick in and yeah. it's really important that you're seen to be voting the right way yes so there's not a lot yeah of and, and each century only has the one vote like yeah, everybody so in the century gets to have a say everybody then, has a yeah, vote within yeah. that century but whatever the majority is within that century becomes the single vote you know i gotta tell you it's not the simplest system i've ever heard politics of. yeah <laughs> my friends is complicated um but <laughs> the important thing to know here is yes is that the poorest of the poor in the plebeians yeah. rarely ever get a say no exactly. they are invited to turn up and yeah. when they walk away because they're irritated it means things are not going the way that yeah they and this like. is the whole thing it's a show it's that show of equality they've rocked up and gone you know what screw you guys i'm going home yeah, yeah. so they get to be last and they get to be angry yeah <laughs> <laughs> what a life <laughs> yeah 
So, I mean, this is good times. Now we hit the console ship of what is around about 484 or 482. Yeah. Uh, Lucius Emilianus and Kaiso Fabius. Nice. What a pairing. I'm loving, yeah. I'm loving all these familiar elite gens, <laughs> having all the power. <laughs> yeah. And Dionysius gives us this sense that this is a time of... Um, War throughout the Mediterranean. Yeah. Um, there's well, a lot of conflict going on, civil yes. and foreign. I still have mentioned in Livy, <laughs> this very brief mention, of course, that in their consulship, they've still got this problem of the, the plebs are just at the end of their rope. Clearly, they don't really know what to do, but everyone knows they're angry. And therefore, solution is war yeah, not, yeah not with each other like with those guys over there or maybe those guys over there or maybe those guys over there it feels like the romans have really got themselves stuck into a particular mode of being it they're is like, such a rut it yeah. is yeah we are in big rut territory because uh we have things like the wisest leaders are aware that you don't want to stir up the embers at home yeah. what you want to do is conduct foreign wars yeah um to ultimately distract people from a civil conflict yeah but i feel like i mean it's uh, as we've seen it's such a freaking band-aid because well i wonder yeah. if this might be a sign of like a really broader issue perhaps in the whole mediterranean area and like are we experiencing like four or five years on of like poor crops and things yeah. like this. Because if this is happening throughout the Mediterranean, then maybe we've got some bigger issues going on where everybody's like, well, it's better if we can fight somebody else because we're all going to be fighting at home otherwise. That's true, that's true. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly it. We, we have heard mentioned that if you look at certain sites and if you look at, say, say Rome, for example, um, and Italy in general, you, there, it does seem that there is a real downturn in you know, artistic production, histories with good detail. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, all, all the sort of fringe, you know, all the, all the things that aren't really, strictly speaking, necessary to basic survival seem to take a bit of a downturn. It seems to be a bit of a black hole. And we can't be sure, of course, as historians, whether that's just because, well, unfortunately, nothing happened to survive from that time or whether there's just not that as much out there and people are struggling. Yeah, yeah. and I think perhaps there's a combination of the two. Yeah. I mean, there seems to be really clear struggles. But yes. if you're also rallying up all of the people to distract them yeah. from the fact that they don't have anything to eat, for instance, and they yeah. don't have any land, yeah. um, there's some bigger issues going on as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you don't have enough people to farm, um, but do you really have enough people for an army? Running an army is expensive listen, in terms is, of resources. This is what I mean about it being so frustrating to see this rut because I get what they're doing and don't get me wrong full respect <laughs> it's worked before but how long can you really keep that up if the people who would normally be doing the farming and whatnot are constantly away fighting and they're just getting angrier and unhappier and you're having to bully them more and more to get them to do this ridiculous charade <laughs> Ah! Yeah, and and, we'll, and I think we're going to see yeah. start to see it fall apart a little bit. Yeah, just you wait. I, I'm, I'm speaking like I don't know. <laughs> I just realised I'm, I'm really in the moment. I'm really listening. <laughs> like just you wait. Yeah, coming up next. Yeah. Um, so the Volscians. Yeah, um, turning for a moment. Um, the Romans are like, yeah, you know, foreign wars, that'll be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. We've got some new consuls, let's do it. Yep. And the Volscians themselves are having a similar sort of situation. Mm, and they're like... I bet they are. <laughs> well, they're like, we can 
let's uh, make war upon the Romans. Yeah. Um, for reals. Again. <laughs> another year, not another pretend, war against not the, the Romans. foam swords. <laughs> <laughs> None of that prancing about where we coyly show ourselves and then retreat back to our city. Behind uh, our fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I put it to the left, it so, means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They decide to split their army into two. Mm. And they send one against the allies, the Hanutians and the Latins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they keep the other half of their force at home. As a defensive force. Okay. A ploy we rarely see in this period of history. No. Interesting. It is, yeah. Uh, the Romans are like, okay, well, we're going to have to go and help our allies, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And we also need to lay waste to the Volscians. <laughs> is there anything to <laughs> lay waste to with my question, but whatever. Proceed. <laughs> the important thing here is yes. which console goes with which army. True. Are we going to have one saying at home or one going one direction, one going another direction? Well, so we're going to have Kaisophabius. Yeah. He is going to head over to the Latin and Hanusian territory. Right, So right. he's going to yeah, be like, help the allies. Yeah. Help the allies. Yeah. Sending the support. Lucius Aemilius, on the other hand, is mm. heading towards Antium to mm. the Volsci. Taking the war to them, I yeah, see. Yeah. Okay, yep. And apparently, and Dionysius of Halicarnassus sort of misses a moment here or decides it's not worthwhile, or maybe his own sources are lacking, <laughs> but he just says that Lucius Aemilianus encourages the troops at length. We don't get a speech. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he orders the trumpets. Ooh, I feel a little faint. <laughs> I know. It's all over in, like, one sentence. Rousing the troops... Trumpets, let's do this. And I'm like, whoa. I feel like Livy, you and I and Dionysius, we're all getting a little over it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And I'm like, does it, is it, he's just like, you know, this is not worthwhile. This, Or maybe this is a sign that this is a character who we don't really need to care about. Mm, could be. Yes, it could be. I wonder. Mm. Um, but in any case, we don't get a speech. They okay. just get straight into it. Yep. And the important thing from Dionysius's perspective yes. is that the Volskii and the Romans, at this point in their histories, both have very similar fighting styles. Well, that would make sense. They are Surprise. literally your neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> They've been fighting each other for yeah. generations at this yeah. point. Yeah. That feels like it never ends. Um, so neither of them has a real military advantage. Mm, okay, mm. okay. Yes. Except the Romans are awesome. I think we're forgetting that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you wait. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Volscians start up this tactic again. Yeah. Where they are like, I'm coming out. And like, I'm going to retire a little bit. <laughs> I hope they dress nice. <laughs> <laughs> I raise my petticoat. That's right. <laughs> and sure. I inch backwards. Ankle. Yeah. Is that a gilded sandal, I think? <laughs> That's an interesting spear you have. I've got one just like it in my tent. Come closer, young Roman. Um, so, but they keep their order and rank. And, and the Romans are kind of like, okay, well, you know, if you're going to slowly withdraw, I guess we're going to slowly advance. <laughs> um, as you do. Um, and then... They uh, kind of get a little bit carried away. Mm, um, my. Yeah, so the Volscians get closer to their camp and they yeah. sort of start to run a bit faster. Right, yeah. And the Romans uh, start to, you know, chase up a little bit faster as well. Yeah. And this means that the back guard of the Roman army um, reaches uh, where there are some enemies who have been, you know, dead, killed, whatever. Uh. Yeah, yeah, there's been some. And they start to plunder because they're like, you know what? 
We might as well. You know, you're going to say they're White Walkers and they've actually risen <laughs> up. <laughs> no, no, no. They're like, you know what? You know, I we can see what's happening, and those guys are retreating a bit. We're moving forward a bit. It's time to do some plunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, the Volskins, however, have uh, done a bit of a about face at this point okay. and decided to stand their ground right. um, while the back guard of the Roman army is distracted. And they've also left the gates of their camp open a bit. Mm-hmm. And so now a whole bunch of people run out of the camp. I see. Uh, okay. Yeah. Very sneaky Volskins. Yeah. Yes. And perhaps a bit undisciplined on the Romans' part to start doing the plunder of the yeah, bodies and stuff before you really yeah, before you really kill the guys. But yeah. the Volskins seem to be moving so slowly that nobody really thinks that they're actually doing up to something. Up to yeah. anything. They're like, well, they're retreating back to their camp. I suppose it's time to collect the bodies. So, like there's a moral lesson in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Here, many brave Romans lost their lives. Well, mm. I know. It's, you know, I feel like it's actually been a while since we've got any indication that the Romans aren't pretty much kicking ass whenever they choose. Yeah, and yeah. This, this turns into a real defeat. Really? Yes. Wow, I can't yeah. believe. Um, so people are busy despoiling the dead and plundering and stuff, and now they get killed by yeah. the Volsci. Um, it's so not... I, okay, again, I could be in the wrong year, but sorry, I'm just in shock because Livy does not really give me any indication that that there's any sort of defeat or anything happening. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just like in shock. <laughs> I, I think this is like, th- to me, this is a really interesting part of the narrative because it's so out of keeping with the way that the Romans have been represented. Yes. In, by Dionysius up until this point. Well, and they just, they just seem to be getting stronger and stronger. I mean, look, obviously, yes. don't get me wrong. I get that Livy has a vested interest in making sure that the Romans look good at all times. But, you know, he has recorded some, yeah, he's recorded defeats before. Mm. And he will again. <laughs> but there will be more to be. There will be more. Just you wait. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Mm. So we have this sort of moment where I'm like, this was to me a really interesting read because all of a sudden it's almost as if the Roman morale has just dropped right by the wayside. Yeah, definitely. The discipline has gone. They're essentially saved by the onset of a thunderstorm. Weather. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> a thick mist arises. You know you're at a low point when weather has to save you. <laughs> and uh, so Emilius eventually breaks camp, leads his army away yeah. um, to try and get away from the enemy while under the cover of this thunderstorm and the thick mist. Yeah. And then he encamps near a town called Longula. Okay. Uh, which is just north of Antium. So they've retreated towards Rome. Yeah. Um, but they're still in Volscian territory. And he sort of sits there and, you know, fixes up the wounded and stuff um, and speaks words of encouragement to them. And I was like, dude. Yeah, what other words? (laughs) (laughs) There are no words. Oh, wow. (laughs) We're not giving a speech for that one either. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, And the Volskians are kind of like, oh, wow, that's that's quite interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Um, they retire back to Antium. Uh, They're like, that'll uh, be <laughs> good yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Score one. Finally. And they sing songs of triumph. Nah. Yeah. Do we have the songs? No. Dionysius written the Sadly musical not. score. <laughs> um, I wish. They offer sacrifices in their temples. Dionysius, you are slacking off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they decide that they really should pursue the Romans to Longula. Right. Um, and deal with that as well. Okay. Um, so this is kind of where things go a little bit wrong. Um, they they head towards the Romans and they're like, okay. And they get there 
And the Roman army seems to still be suffering from this sort of demoralized state. Yeah. Um, and eventually it comes down to the Triarii um, to come out and save the Roman army. And I was like, the Triarii? I, I was going to say, have we mentioned these guys before? <laughs> Never. No, okay, no. please. Uh, but the Triarii are pretty important. Yeah, um, yeah. They're the oldest and wealthiest men in the legions. Ooh. They're like the veterans. Nice. So these are the ones who have worked their way up the ranks of the infantry, essentially. Yeah. Um, and they've made money being in the army. And So these are people who were necessarily born into wealth? Look, or? yeah, look, they're going to be plebeians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they've they've made something of themselves within the army structure. Interesting. Yeah. So they can afford good quality equipment and they're called the triarii because their place is usually as the third in the infantry right, line. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's usually the case that they don't have to fight. Okay, yeah. Um, they're often given a defensive position, so they're yep. often the ones left guarding the camp yeah. while the young boys go out and kill people. Yeah, yeah, just in case you're unaware of military tactics, and if you are, shame on you. <laughs> the Romans at this stage tend to have this system which requires, you know, like sort of send forth fresh troops in the front line, and then after they fought for a little while, they'll go back and the next line will come up. But yeah, hopefully... Hopefully you don't get all the way through all of your troops. Yeah, the yeah. idea is that you don't because yeah. obviously you start off with all of your um, projectile weaponry first. Yes. So slings, arrows, spears, javelins. Yeah. That's supposed to take out a good lot of people. All your Olympic equipment. <laughs> <laughs> the discus, best right. heavily. Uh, <laughs> if only, but maybe. Um, Every but gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the balls, guys. Right. Watch out for the <laughs> ribbon. Um, so you have all of your projectile weaponry. Yeah. Um, you send in infantry forces, but you usually try to support them with the cavalry. Yeah. So the cavalry is doing the bulk of like trying to run people down for you because yeah. obviously your infantry are your most exposed. Yes. Um, and least able to uh, defend themselves on some level. So yeah. you kind of want to protect them where you can. Mm. Um, but the triarii are the last line of that infantry. Yeah. And usually, there to to be a triarii, not only have you done well in your career in the military, so you've lived. Yeah, uh, yeah. boy, so, have you lived? Boy, have you lived? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the things I've seen, boy. <laughs> uh, and you've you've lived in the army. Um, you've survived every battle you've been in so far. Yeah. You're a veteran. You've earned money. Mm. You've had a lot of booty and plunder. Um, you know what you're doing, and you're basically um, going to sit back and just. You know, you're a professional. Yeah. If it comes at you, it comes at you. Um, Do you feel like this is one of the things that, um, I mean, obviously it's early days, so this is hardly like the norm type situation or anything, but do you think this is one of the things that is inherently appealing about Rome? The fact that there are these little avenues that will grow more and more, I think, for people to climb ranks. It's always going to be rare, but there's still those avenues that you can make something of yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there is room for glory for any Roman citizen. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. There are, there are various paths to Virtus. Yeah. Um, Perhaps this is why they're so keen in taking their turkeys off and showing everyone their scars. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And even though what we're dealing with in our written sources is a really top-down history that's coming yes. from, an, from, from, an elite, yeah. Yeah, from an elite perspective, writing about um, elite issues and often... Um, giving primacy to the elite position. Yes. Um, within that, you really have to read between the lines to feel any sympathy for the plebeians. Yes, definitely. Um, 
you do get stories like this where it's like, oh, the Triarii, uh, they've been there all along. Yeah. You know. Um, quietly. <laughs> yeah. Quietly doing their work, um, quietly doing the business. You don't know what side they're politically on. No. But these are the guys who, when trouble really happens in a battle, are the go-to guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to know more about these people, these mysterious, shady yeah. people. Um, so they're the oldest soldiers. This usually means they're in their 30s. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, if that isn't a kick in the teeth. I don't know what is. <laughs> so that should tell you something. I'm yeah, like, these men are on the brink of death. Everybody, have you seen a 30 year old man in ancient Rome? <laughs> yeah. Goodness me. Well, especially one who's spent most of his life in the army. Just, I can only imagine just yeah. one long scar. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's that sense of the craftiness yes. of being a, a veteran fighter, where it's like, look, we'll send the young ones out first because they're very keen. Yeah. Um, but these ones are probably more stoic, more bitter, perhaps, and maybe the ones who have the most to gain from something like land reallotment as well. True, yeah. And booty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Volsci retreat mm-hmm. <laughs> to a nearby Santa game. Move now, yeah. yeah. They retreat, yes. And they apparently have a good chance to defeat the Romans. But unfortunately, um, support arrives for the Roman troops. Right, yeah. This is where things get good in terms of, like, the broader patrician narrative. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kaiso Fabius, who's been hanging out with the allies and supporting them, yes. um, has learned about the issue that Emilius is facing, and he's like, okay, I'm going to send some troops, you know, send them over, but I'm not going to go myself Yeah. because it turns out that the auspices are bad for me to come along with right. as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, it's, I've offered some sacrifices and I've consulted the auspices, but the gods oppose me coming. So I'm going to sit here with the allies... Isn't that just convenient? <laughs> and I'm going to send some troops from my army because things are looking fine over here at the moment. I feel like there are auspices that tell me that, you know what, my classes don't need me to teach them. <laughs> I don't have to go to work on Monday. I see there's some danger over there. Yeah. The auspices say no. No. <laughs> so unfortunate because I would have loved to have been in the heart of things, guys. <laughs> yeah, look, I wish I could have made it. Mm. Uh, but you'll be fine. Is there any hint of derision in Dionysius or is this all coming from me? <laughs> I, it sounds like very serious. Yeah. Um, but it also sounds to me very convenient yeah yeah um so he sends his best cohorts okay um, so that's quite generous of him yeah um but it is interesting that he doesn't make the decision to go with his bulk of forces himself yeah yeah um he splits off a group of them and stays back mm. that's that's also something a bit i'm watching this from guy. What we've seen i'm as well. watching it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so amelius is becomes emboldened by the uh arrival of reinforcements yeah um they approach um the volskii um, and they fall upon the enemy, and we get. I've highlighted things like swords, stones, javelins, spears. <laughs> it's a barrage. It's, it's, all, it's all happening, guys. Um, the Volskians are hurled back from the hill, lose many of their number, and they turn flight and barely get away safely to their own camp. And I think this is where I come in <laughs> with Livy's classic line of. With little loss to themselves, overthrew in battle the Volskians. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Nice one, Livy. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, there's not much going on there, is Although there? Although, is it the same one? Maybe not. Maybe it's another conflict <laughs> with the Volskians. I don't even know. <laughs> tough. Yeah. Tough. I mean, the result of all of this yes. for um, Lucius Milianus yes. is that he feels very um, strenuously this idea that he has been defeated. Um, this yes. is not a victory that he can claim for himself. Okay. Um, so what a humble man. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so the time for electing the new magistrates arrives. Yeah. And this is an interesting little um, 
way in which Dionysius is prefacing the the struggle in this narrative. Yeah, it's not just a new year, new consuls. The time to elect magistrates has arrived. Yeah. Like it's this whole new part of like we need to discuss what's going on for the next like three months. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get a bit hairy. Um, he stays in his camp. He doesn't want to go back to the city. But Kaiso Fabius yeah. um, goes back to Rome. Okay. He leaves his officers in the camp and he's like, well, you know what? I can head into town. <laughs> I've got some Gonna politicking hit, to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna hit the election trail. Yeah. Um, and he gets into this situation where the people are assembled for the election because he can call that sort of assembly. Yeah. And he declines to propose for the voting those among the ex-consuls on whom the populace wish the consulship to be dis- be bestowed. Wait, wait, sorry. Can you I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. He declined mm. to propose for the voting mm. those amongst the ex-consuls on whom the populace wish the consulship to be bestowed. Okay. So they so. have a, an assembly where the people get to express their wish. Sure, It's yes. not something where they vote, yeah. but they... They say, these are the people that we'd like to have. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah. I is, hope you take it on board. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm into yeah. right now. This is this is the mood of the crowd. Yeah. Like someone with, you know, sort of weird directional hair, ripped <laughs> jeans, acid wash. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for a man whose scars, particularly on his chest area. Yeah. Not on the back, of course. <laughs> only on the front. Yeah. I want them where I can see them. Yeah. Um, and... And he basically responds to that assembly and says, yeah. I, I understand what you're asking of me. But I'm not going to do it. But I'm not interested in any of those candidates. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like there's so much interesting stuff here. Because um, we, are, we are getting, we've kind of mentioned this in the last few episodes, we are getting more of a back catalogue of previous consuls now that we're getting further into it. So there actually is a chance that someone would be very much so elected and have served in the position before. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, people can have a preference. Um, I can see the plebeians being like, not Appius Claudius. Yeah, well, for yeah. instance. Yeah, of course, yeah. That goes but, we do, but we do like this other guy. I don't really see what he's got to gain here. This is the thing. I mean, apart from if he's got someone else in mind, you know, this particular that hasn't been consul before. It seems, it seems a weird thing to say. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure what to make of it. It just seems needlessly aggressive. Antagonistic, <laughs> I suppose, is what I'm looking for. Yeah. 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 Um, it seems that from his perspective, this is partly about the fact that these people that the populace wish, and they're not named, are people that haven't volunteered haven't put themselves forward themselves okay so the people are like we want these people and he's like those people aren't even up for the vote guys right yeah which may be part of it okay yeah um but he also calls upon the centuries so we're in this new committee um to take some votes in favor of who they would seek in office right and since we're in the committee and it's the century um it's going to be coming from the top down of course yeah so then we get the selection of candidates from the Senate mm-hmm. um, and who they want. And they turn out to be people who are not very acceptable to the plebeians. Mm. No surprises there. Nutrition's all after, the way. after having a year where they're just like, let's put somebody in which we think they're going to like to try and avoid them. Yeah, the nutritionists yeah. have really gone back to, oh, no, we're just well, going to have... Well, they've had that, yeah. yeah <laughs> we gave them that, and now we're just going to put somebody else in that we like. It's not like they were voting in, like, Mr. People, Man of the Year, like... They were still patricians. Guys. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're all patricians at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't have any choice. No. Really. Um, but, yeah, so we've got uh, this conflict that seems to be playing out. But 
in a really sort of weird way that we haven't seen before, at least not in a way that Dionysus has ever expressed before. Yeah. Um, and it might be at this point um, where it might be a good point to end this episode, actually, mm. before we delve into the this election's next... election's facing us. Yeah, we're yes. at the cusp of an election. Who will be the consul for the next year? Good question, indeed. Mm. Well, in that case, Dr. G, I'm going to say it's time for... And the partial pick. Ooh, Indeed. the partial pick. Yeah. We should have a sound effect for that. I know. I think we should next time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's an eagle, in case yeah. you can't tell. Because we're raising them out of 10 golden eagles for each category. So, Dr. G, what's our first category to consider? Ooh. I don't even know if I have a pen where I can add things up anymore. That's all right. I'll do it mentally. Oh, I can do it good. mentally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first category out of 10 eagles military clout. Well, for the first time in a long time, the Romans actually have a defeat on the board. Oh, they sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then again, they do seemingly have some success as well. It's not all bad. Mm, yeah, but it feels like this is more of a moral, a blow to morale. True. More than other defeats. So are you feeling like four? <laughs> or are you feeling uh, like, ooh. Or is it even? Yeah, even. look, let's put it on the evens. On the balance... Yeah. Okay, so five? Yeah. All right. Congratulations, Ram. You have five golden eagles so far. (laughs) Next up, we've got diplomacy. Shocking. Shocking diplomacy. Let's face it. This is never the Roman strong suit, really. Giving them a complete zero there. Really? Oh, well, I suppose they supported their allies. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say. I feel like they deserve at least a one. A three or something. A three. Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you're just bouncing all over the place. I can't even keep up with you. All right. So a three. All right. I feel like I'm being pretty generous. Yeah. No, I think that's good. All right. Then what have we got? Expansion. Nice. Except that there is no expansion. No, they don't expand at all. No. That's a zero. (laughs) That's a hard zero. (laughs) That's a tough one. Wurtus. Well, Mm. I mean, I guess it depends on who we're talking about. I feel like with the triarii in there and the paths to Wurtus that are open to people. Mm. I think there's something. There's going to be something on the board. (laughs) Yeah. Look, it's certainly not happening in politics, but maybe knowing more about what's happening inside the structure of the army. Yeah. It's quite worthwhile here. And and this is, again, like the ally thing. I mean, you know, I know it's like the basic level of decency to go and support your allies, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Even if you don't go yourself. (laughs) I suppose sending your best cohorts is a nice idea. Well, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's going to be something for that. So what do you reckon? Like a a three? (laughs) Too much? Oh, no. That sounds fine to me. Yeah, yeah. I I concur. All right. Good. Finally. The citizen score. How nice is it to be a citizen in Rome right now? Not good. No, not particularly. No. Yeah. I, I actually feel like it's almost a zero. <laughs> Is, am I being yeah. too harsh? No, I mean, the Senate just keeps knocking back the yeah. land allotment and just sending out bureaucrats to complicate the process. I mean, yeah. it's hardly useful to be a citizen right now if you're starving no. or you need land. No, or you don't want to go to war. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not interested. I mean, they find ways to make you interested, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So, a zero? A zero. That means we've got only 11 golden <laughs> eagles on the board today. Out of a possible 50 golden eagles. Yeesh, Rome, oh, you're killing me. That is a I fail big time. I don't think... I think there's only been one episode so far where we've made it over the, 25. the 25. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, we haven't hit the glory days yet. Well, exactly. You never know what's going to happen next time, listeners. So please tune in next time to another episode of The Puzzle Historian. We will see you there.